You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, Sid Talk. Hello. I was just talking about Android Lollipop. Um, what is that? It's Google's new operating system for Android. Now, I have an Android... Oh, t- what's an operating system? <laughs> and this is the before the after the show discussion, but it's not really a discussion. You're just talking at me stuff, so you just go ahead and talk at them. I have an Android uh, tablet, Nexus 7, and Google Lollipop came out a couple of months ago, and I installed it. And it was terrible. So then I rolled it back to KitKat, which was the previous operating system. And then a few months ago, CyanogenMod, who make like modded operating systems, said that they're doing Lollipop. So I, I thought, oh, well... I trust them because I've used their ROMs in the past. So I loaded their version of Lollipop up and it was fantastic for about three days. And now it's just gone back to being exactly like Google's version of Lollipop. So my tip to anybody with an Android system and most anybody who's got KitKat, there's probably a little thing popping up telling you to update to Lollipop, update to Android 5.0.2. I wouldn't do it if I was you because it is just a pain in the ass. And... If you don't like it and it behaves badly like it does, you're going to have to erase all your data and start again. So you're going to lose everything. So my public service And if it's tip, too late, it's too late. If it's too late, you'll have to suffer with it until Google bring out a fix. Google have acknowledged that there's a memory leak in Lollipop. They've actually publicly acknowledged that. Three months ago, they said they're going to issue a patch for it. This was three months ago they acknowledged it. And three months later, there still is nothing. No patches for any phones, any tablets, any anything. So either it's so broken, it's taking them months and months, or they just, you know, there's not enough reports of it being bad for people to, for them to even work on it properly. So uh, I just say stick with KitKat. So that's your Android news for the week. (laughs) And this is not Android news for the week. This is after the show. We are a movie review podcast. We review movies. It's Saturday February the 7th, after the show number 362, and the movie we are going to review this week is Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. You, probably, didn't, you didn't memorize that, did you? Probably the, no, <laughs> really, probably the longest title in, no, maybe no, not. No, no. Coward Robert Ford is a long one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Is that right? That's not the whole thing. No. <laughs> the assassination of Jesse, Jesse James, James by the Coward Robert Ford. Yeah, that's a long one. Too. Yeah, it's pretty long. Yeah. So um this and it is wasn't just using adjectives. This is a 2014 movie. It's released on Blu-ray this upcoming Tuesday. You can pick it up then. It's from our friends at Disney. It's rated PG because this is really a family film. And uh Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of this movie. I don't think I need to. I think the title tells you. Alexander is a boy, clearly. It is an adaptation of a book. But in this movie, Alexander has a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And so does his family. Correct. And that's it, really. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing deep about it. That's it's it. That's it. Yeah, so what's interesting about this, um, I saw the trailer for this on the Jonathan Ross show yeah. um, a few months ago when Steve Carell was on there. And he said, oh, I'm making a film. And, you know, the obligatory clip is shown because he's on a tra- chat show. That's pretty much what he's there to sell the movie. And I thought... 
oh, that looks like, I like Steve Carell. And I thought that, that looks, it's not, it's a kid's film, essentially. Like it's a family friendly film and Steve Carell's in it. And I don't think I've seen a film like that where it's family friendly with Steve Carell. So I'm thinking. Evan Almighty. Evan Almighty, maybe. Is that not a little, is that not a PG-13 though? Is that I don't think so. Um, It's about the Bible. Oh, wait, the Bible's not exactly PG-13. I wasn't a big (laughs) fan of that one, to be honest. I liked the first uh, one of that, but the second one just felt like it didn't really need to. I didn't even know why the first one was such a big deal. Bruce Almighty? (laughs) Seriously, I have no idea to this day, other than the concept is awesome, why that movie is, like, so beloved around the world. Like, seriously, people around the world love it. And it's really goofy, like an Adam Sandler movie or something. It gets really... That's what I'm saying. The idea is great. But some of those... The monkey coming out of the ass. I mean, we're off topic, but still. So um, with this uh, movie, I thought, oh, you know, we don't generally... We don't ever, hardly, unless it's an animated movie, review like super family-friendly movies like this. (laughs) We normally... We watch a lot of dark movies, and this is a complete change of pace to those kind of things. What did we watch last? Well, we have watched Frozen. Yeah, I'm saying, aside from the animated movies that that come out every year from Disney, um, we don't generally see these type of movies. And I didn't know how how it was going to be received by me. But I think I had a really fun time watching it. I laughed a lot. Like, I laughed. I mean, it's super innocent. It's like, (laughs) it's obviously you could sit down with your kids and watch it. Definitely. Everybody would, everybody would laugh, I think. I think it's funny in a lot of different ways, you know? It's funny in a slapsticky, like a three-year-old might laugh at somebody falling over. Or Steve Carell, like, on fire with his pirate blouse on. Or adults, you know, looking at ha- the relationships between the kids and the, the adults and going, oh yeah, that's exactly what that's like. Yep. Or, you know, so there's a lot of, it works on two levels. I was saying, like, Pixar movies work on the level of, you can, a kid can sit down and watch it, but then there's certain things people say that only adults will get. So there's a lot of that in this movie. Um, so what did you think? I loved it. I laughed the whole way through. That was really... I mean, the beginning's a little bit overly Disney-esque with the the, seven, the teenage son who's Mr. Perfect and the daughter who sings. I mean, they're not like super cardboard cutouty yet, but in the beginning it's a little too sugary. And I guess that's the it's idea. It's pretty sugary, m- well, no, that falls apart a little bit. She falls off her bike and, you know, and like things fall apart. But the beginning that I think they were just, it was a little, I was a little bit like, oh, is this all going to be super Disneyed up? Because it's how you feel when you're watching Disney Channel. It's very saccharine. But that kind of went away and everybody loosened up a little bit. I, I just laughed my head off. Like almost every single scene there was somebody said something or did something when <laughs> Jennifer Garner fell off her bike. I mean, there's just, it's, it's, it's a lot of slapsticky comedy. It's a lot of falling off things and people banging into stuff and it's that kind of comedy. A lot of the time, I don't find that comedy funny, really. I was going to say, if it, if it was in more of an adult, like Dumb and Dumber or something, like Dumb and Dumber, Dumb and Dumberer or whatever the new one's called, <laughs> which is an, essentially an adult movie full of slapstick comedy, I, I don't actually find that that funny, you know? I've kind of grown past that. When I was 20, Dumb and Dumber was funny. But I don't think sitting down watching it now, I'd think it was the best thing ever. Um, but where, in this context, where it's obviously built for kids or families, it's funny. Because there, there are situations in here that are, feel 
I mean, yes, it's over the top a little bit, but there are situations that feel real life. Like the kid just, the the baby gets a magic marker and ends up colouring his face in. That's something that every parent's probably seen happen. Like Not every parent, but... Yeah, I'm some sure. Kids I'm will, sure. Parent, I'm not sure every kids single get, parent, but a lot of kids will magic mark their face or cut their hair. I think that's those are the two common. Like, so there are a there's lot nothing of you can undo about it, and you just go on about it. We also have the element of the father's out of work, the mother is the you know getting a little dug into her career where she can't quite be there all the time. So they have some lines that allude to her feeling bad about not being as in touch with her kids, but it's mostly her looking at them and looking at him. And I think she does, they do an excellent job of that grown up element without having to have a lot of over emotional chit chat about it. I thought that was really well done. Yeah. And as, as far as I can tell, and I was just reading on Wikipedia about the book, the adult sections of this are made for the movie, not the, they weren't in the book. Interestingly enough, um, I haven't read the book, and it, yeah, it's a children's illustrated book, what, which you would read to your children kind of book, um, and it was published in 1972. Yeah, I, I thought it was new. I thought it was brand new. I, I literally thought somebody wrote a book a couple of years ago, and now we've got a movie of it. So that was a surprise to me, um, and I just read, uh, it's very basic, like a um, Seuss kind of book, you know, like, you know. You just read it. Do you say you just read it? No, I just oh. read the Wikipedia. I oh, just went right. on Wikipedia and <laughs> looked like, at the wow, and it was like an image of the book. But it's it's a it's a base, you know, a very quick book that you can read to your kids. You can read it in one sitting. Just sit there and read it. It's right. pictures and and a few words. Um, so this is elaborated upon. Even the author in one of the extras said, you know, it's kind of like they built two. They built the book, and then they in the movie they've got the book going on, and they've also got this adult section. Um, I don't mean adult section. I mean the no, it's the family's having the a bad parents' day. life come into the story, whereas right, in yeah. the other one it doesn't. Um, and I think that was a good move because that makes it work on both. If you're a father or a mother taking the kids to see this movie, it makes it so you at least like it as well. Oh you know? yeah, I think instead so. of it being too kiddy, like. And um, I, I do think you could sit down with any age of child and watch this and have fun with it. It's also obviously like most Disney movies are. There's a message to it too. It's not just here's some people having a bad day. What's the message? It said it at the end, and uh, it's. Remember, he narrates over the over the end what the message is. No. About, <laughs> you don't, about having a the, the worst day with sure. your family. No, that's the message. The worst oh. day with your family is one of the best days, like because you're with your family. That, that's that's oh, the. Oh, I didn't think that was the message. Well, you read it over the top of it. Right. And that's the last page of the book, also. I mean, it's. That's the message. It's just the message, you know, being with your family, no matter how shitty it is, <laughs> you're with your family, so, you know, it's a good thing. Now, day. that's a nice thought, but not every family is this family. No, this so family not everyone, is. Yeah, this is a Disney family. family. Yeah, well, they're not perfect, <laughs> but. Not every family's like this, so my family day, was nothing like this. I couldn't relate to a family like this. And spending the day with a family full of terrible, horrible people, abusive adults, uh, you know, drunkards who want to like do nasty things to everybody—that's not a good family. So don't convince your kids that just because a movie says you should spend the day with your family and get over it, that's not always true. So keep that in mind. Only if your family's n- nice. Like <laughs> yeah, this family. only if your family is Evan Almighty and Electra. So, um, 
moving on to the cast of uh, this fine movie, we got Steve Carell as Ben Cooper. Now, Steve Carell, um, I really like him a lot. I find him, not only is he funny, and he's willing to do, like, crazy shit, but I think he is also really personable. I even like him when he's not being funny, to be honest. Like, he... I particularly like him when he's not being funny. Yeah, and, and in this, he's he's not always being wacky. Like, towards the front end of the film, he's actually just being a dad and just doing the thing. And, you know, I find him really charming. I like watching him. I like watching him when he's an anchorman and he's being extremely insane. <laughs> and I like watching him in Dan in Real Life, which was another t- Disney slash Touchstone movie where it's a serious role, isn't it? Not a funny movie, that movie, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but yeah, I liked him in this. Uh, obviously, he gets to do a bit of slapsticky stuff, which he does. Um, and it's nothing surprising. It's just Steve Carell. So, uh, Jennifer Garner plays, uh, she's Kelly. winning me over more and more, I think, because she was really. I mean, she's getting older. In. She yeah, kind of she's... fits this role as well, I think. Yeah. Um, and she. What I, what I said to you while we were watching the movie was she, it's like almost like she just, she said in the extras that she really liked this book and she just wanted to be on board because she'd read this book to her children. Um, but what I could tell from her in this movie was she just decided to like, if I look stupid or whatever, screw it. That's, that's how this is. Like, that's what this part is. Um, Ed Oxenbold plays Alexander Cooper. What did you think of him? Well, first of all, I didn't realize he was Australian, so that's really good. I had no idea. And I think there are moments when you see there are kids who have a deeper understanding of things than other kids. I mean, it's just the way there are adults who have the same kind of, you know, you can look talk to some adults and they're like an empty bucket. And then you can talk to some kids and you think that kid has been around for a long time, longer than his age. And that's how he seems. And that may just be all... You know, because they, I don't know, he's influenced he's an by the adults. Maybe. But he, yeah. I thought there were moments when he was really commanding. And you've got Steve Carell, Jennifer Garner, the other two teenagers, and a baby. And if you can be the one who you're, everyone's paying attention to, I think that is pretty good. Yeah, I'm, you know, he's new to like this. From what I could tell, this was the first movie he done. Yeah. He, he um, yeah, no, there's no way. I, I I had no idea he was Australian. No. I mean, there's a, there's a segment. There's some of the movie Australia features in the movie. Let me say, and that should have given me a clue, but it didn't. Why would they give you a clue? That could have meant anything. Just that he loved it so much, like you know. Yeah, but that was the character in a movie. I know, but it's in the book. It, it's not that. I know, but still, that wouldn't have been a clue. <laughs> should have been, but I didn't. I didn't pick up on it. But anyway, um, he. I don't understand that, but okay. Okay, so Dylan Minette <laughs> plays Anthony Cooper and Keris Dorsey plays Emily Cooper. Um, you said that she's a famous Disney Channel. No, actress. no, not her. The girlfriend. Oh, I thought you meant the sister. No, I said the girlfriend. She's a Disney girl. Oh, I've never seen... I, I don't watch Disney Channel. We don't have it, so I don't know anybody from there. High School Musical and that kind of thing, I'm assuming. No, just Disney shows. Is that a Disney show? High School Musical? I don't know. It's a movie, right? No, it's a TV show, first and foremost, right? Well, and then it was made into a she's movie. She's on, like, goofy little half-hour... I don't know. I don't stay and watch them, but I've seen her. Right. These so, are the kids I haven't seen before. No, me neither. And they, they um, you know, they were funny. The, the idea of this movie is to be funny. 
and everybody and she's the the younger sister is older sick the older sister is sick (laughs) the entire time she got like a, a cold um and she plays it like having playing having a cold. If you've not got a cold. yeah, I mean you could do the thing where you stuff your nose up, and you could do that for a while, and like <laughs> you know. But when you keep, she didn't have to do it for many scenes. But then she got to do the other thing where she drank too much cough syrup. So that's always really fun, and she did a great job. Yeah, and kids don't drink too much cough syrup. The son, the older son, to me is a little too affected. I don't know. There were moments where he was fine, where he kind of relaxed, but he's a little too. I don't know if he's on TV. But he felt TV-ish to me. Now, this is directed by Miguel Arteta. Arteta. And he actually directed Cedar Rapids and Youth in Revolt, which were two, like, independent movies from a couple of years ago. Uh, Cedar Rapids, we actually reviewed. Really good movie. It's uh, Ed Helms, and it was another guy from The Office. And It It was was, good. And it was about, like, an insurance... What was it? Like, what do you call that thing? Conference. Conference. Yes. But, and it's just what occurs during this confer- this weekend. You go away. to Cedar Rapids, the big city, and go to the insurance conference it's to a get really awards fun movie. and all that. It is really yeah. fun. Yeah. and uh, Innocent. It's got, like, the nice message. Like this movie, kind of. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, not, that's not a family-friendly movie fully. But it has this innocent kind of, and here's a message to the whole thing, similar to this movie. This is just a, like, family version of that. And it's, a, it's similarly directed, actually, if you think of them both. They're kind of just straight up directed. It's yeah, there's not, nothing special. There's no fancy trickery or anything. No. It's just, here's the story. and Functional. Yeah. But then again, you always have to go back to, like we talked about the other day, with the atmosphere making the movie, I think, makes a huge difference in the performances. And this, yeah. this director seemed like they were pretty encompassing. They had the party scene, and everyone was actually... Really having a good time. It wasn't like you like a totalitarian, you know, like stand on your cue and do your part and shut up and get out of the way. And like it was more like, hey, we're having a party and let's do the scene and let's have some more party. And I think that makes a huge impact, when, especially with kids. When you see like, you know, how I think I've watched some movies where even in the Goonies, a little bit, they're a little bit, you know, stiffened up. I think it's because it was a little more a different time. Where kids were trying to act a little more adult kiddish. I also think there was a lot less improvisation back then. And nowadays, oh, yeah. nowadays, because of digital film and stuff, and we, we don't have to, like, it has to be perfect because we've only got this much film and all that let kind of stuff. Let them do more, more let them takes. Do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think things do come across more natural nowadays. Um, but everybody did good here, and I thought the direction was good. It's a really short film. That was the only thing. But actually... When I looked at the running time, and it was like, it's an hour and 20 minutes, which is shorter than most animated movies even, I was like, wow, that's really short. But then when I watched it, I was like, it's actually the right length for this movie. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying this movie's bad and you just want to get out of it quickly. I'm saying the story doesn't need anything else. That was it. That's the, It doesn't need extended, and it doesn't need an extended version. It's a, it's a brief you know, well, actually, when you think back of it, a lot of stuff happens throughout it. So a lot of stuff, It doesn't feel yeah. like it went by really fast. So. And it doesn't feel rushed. It doesn't feel no. like you're missing out on anything. Where some movies, you feel like you're getting to the point a little too fast. It's very, very satisfying. Um, there are some extras on this Blu-ray. There's Alexander in Real Life, which is the author, Judith Viest, and her son, the real-life Alexander, who is 
looks about my age, I guess. I'd say, yeah. Oh, she wrote in 72, and yeah, he was similar a kid. to my yeah. age. So they share the story behind it. And I thought that was really cool, because I didn't know nothing about the book, really. And we were both like, really? That's been around most of our lives. <laughs> yeah, and she never thought it would ever get made into a movie. She said even when she signed a contract to, to have it made into a movie, she never thought anything would come of it. But um, and even she was impressed that they've added more to it and made it, you know, come alive. Um, there's also a thing called Snappy Crocs and Punchy Roos, the Australian Outback Yard Party. Now there are some Australian animals in this movie, and this is a behind-the-scenes look of the animal wranglers on the film set who, you know, wrangle animals. Keep the animals. Wasn't that interesting? <laughs> no, me. I think if you were a kid and you were watching this, I think it's cool for you to see some animals like that. You know. How many, you know, American kids, do they see kangaroos? I know, but, you know, my mind doesn't go there. My mind goes to this. Why do we have a fucking kangaroo in a trailer in California being put on a leash and taught how to do tricks and kept in a cage? I mean, it is. Never, ever get to go be on the, whatever it's called, a wallaby that's been kept in a cage and every other, the emus that are kept in cages for our amusement. I'm not saying that for all eternity I haven't enjoyed movies with animals on them. I'm saying now when you think about it and you look at it and you think about it, well, they're there, so let's use them. So I, I'm not, it's like it's like a zoo, isn't it? Same concept. Yes. So it kind of is a little more uh, than, oh, cool, to me. And then there's a walk about a video diary. This is like the kid, Ed, Ed who plays Alexander. He, they give him a handheld camera and he just goes around. You've seen it before, another blue race. He goes around and... Ask people what they're doing on the film and it's goes, cute. goes in the makeup trailer. Um, and then there is uh, the delightful, magnificent, very good bloopers, which is exactly <laughs> what that is. Bloopers. <laughs> yes. Dick Van Dyke is also in this movie, by the way, if you're a Dick Van Dyke fan. <laughs> that doesn't matter. He's in it for like half a second. Yeah, but he does appear and. Uh, Barely. I wouldn't Di- watch this movie just to see Dick Van Dyke. He is a Disney, also a Disney fan. He says favorite. one thing and that's it. And we both said, I thought he was dead. Yeah, and I seriously did think he was dead, so He's I was like, what? He's got to be really happening? old. Yeah, and he looks all right. He looks fine. Um, so, yeah, this Blu-ray is available now. Interesting, I've noticed. Disney have dropped the um, DVD. Uh, mm. Now you only get Blu-ray and digital HD. They're really, really um, revving up the digital HD, I've noticed. There's advertisements for, oh, movies on to go. You get a code in the box, and then you can watch it on their website, um, plus the Blu-ray. But the DVDs, are, this slowly, I've noticed recently, they're not in as many. Even that one there next week's, that doesn't have a DVD in it either. The DVDs are dropping. So I think Blu-ray is finally the uh, the default format. I think DVDs are the uh, are just about to end. So, um, yeah, this is just a Blu-ray digital HD pack. So there you go. Um, so in <laughs> well, that's con- that. In conclusion, on... Uh, Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. <laughs> what do you No good, very bad. I laughed the whole time. I can't complain about a movie that I laugh and I think about, you know, just like kids. I mean, it's just a well made family movie. Kids get kicked around, either verbally, emotionally, intellectually, or physically all the time. You're a kid. You are at the mercy of everyone, including your older siblings. And if you do genuinely have, we all can remember when we're kids and having horrible emotional days, like people make fun of you or something horrible happens and 
nobody really understands because they're you're a kid and you'll just get over it. And I think that even though this is a funny way of doing it, it's like he's saying, you you don't even care that I, and there's nowhere for me to deal with it. And then he sees everybody else has the bad day. But when you're a kid, you're actually almost like it doesn't matter. If you, if you get in the car after school and you've actually had a horrible experience, like someone has said something so horrible to you, that if that same situation happened in the workplace to your mother at her job, it would be fucking disaster. You would have to get human resources and she could get somebody fired and there could be a lawsuit. But if somebody says it to you when you're a kid, you're supposed to just fucking suck it up and get on with your life. And I think that you forget we're just people, even if we're little people. You know. Another thing I thought about while I was watching this, what I really liked about it was it's not supernatural or it's just... Oh, no, yeah. You know, it's different. Like, a lot of movies nowadays, there's some magic or there's something, you know, for kids especially, some some CGI creature props up or some, you know, something like that. This is not that. It's just regular, everyday series of events. Exactly. Which I thought was quite different to everything else we've seen recently. So that's what it gets some marks from me too. So um, that is available now from Disney. If you want to enter a contest, go to aschoolie.com. We've got some new contests coming up this week. Next week's Blu-ray review is My Old Lady, starring Kevin Klein, Kristen Scott Thomas, and Maggie Smith. With um, a horrible cover. Yeah. <laughs> I must say. Holy shit, just, we're going to stop with the blocks of what the I, What I feel like is it's like three people who make covers for Blu-rays and that guy has made like a lot of them. Well, then there's the group off to the side who make good covers. Yeah. And those are variety, but there's the, the schools of thought on the boxes is yeah. get it quick so that if they are in the red box, it's like boom, 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 here's what you get. The people. Because those people aren't smart enough to figure out it's a good movie if you don't show them the faces in a box. <laughs> I don't know what the concept is. It's very utilitarian. Yeah. But I don't like it. It's boring. But we'll see if the movie's boring next week. I like Kevin Klein, obviously. Not seen him for a while. He's in one of my favorite TV shows. Bob's Burgers. Oh, is he in? Yeah, he is. Well, yeah, he's (laughs) Mr. Fish Odor. Yeah. And he's really funny. (laughs) And he's in I was like, first time I ever started watching that show. Yeah, like 30 years ago. (laughs) 20 years ago. Um... I was listening, and Fish Odor comes on, it's like in one of the first episodes, and I'm like, I just, it's like the kind of voice that's not just super distinctive. Like, if you hear Kevin Spacey or somebody in a cartoon, you kind of, or Steve Buscemi, it takes you like half a second, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it. This one was like, I just know it, I know it, I know it. And then I sat and watched the credits, and I was like, oh, Kevin Klein, because he's so, it's so weird. He says weird stuff, and he's kind of out there. And um, so there's my plug for Bob's Burgers. <laughs> I can't say. I'm, I'm trying to lay off for a few days. Because you know me. I watch it every day. It's like an addiction. So I'm going to... Maybe tonight I'll watch another episode. So movie recommendations. Uh, I am burgers. I am going with... Um, <laughs> first off, Jennifer Garner. I am going with Daredevil, which I think is an underrated superhero movie. I agree. But don't watch Daredevil. Watch the director's cut of Daredevil. It came out slightly later uh, on DVD. Um, and it's it says director's cut on the box, and it's actually a much better film than the original Daredevil. There's a lot of bits filled in, and it flows better, and it actually feels like a better film. I think it's a good... People just dismissed Daredevil, and now Marvel are remaking Daredevil. It's on Netflix coming up as a series. Um, I actually it's a bit think, of a kick to your, to your ego, isn't it? Yeah. When you've only made a movie like 10, 12 years ago. 
and, and they're remaking they it, it already. Yeah. I guess the same with, with Superman. That was and even Batman. less than 10 years. No, I mean, yeah. remaking Batman Spider-Man doesn't seem to be a problem. As well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Spider-Man Let's just start over really and forget that ever happened. Yeah, so Daredevil Director's Cut. My second one, and it's actually mentioned in this movie, Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is a fantastic Disney movie. If you're into video games and you've not seen this movie, you should go and see it because there are even cameo appearances from Sonic mm-hmm. the Hedgehog and various people, the Street Fighter team. Uh, so that's Wreck-It Ralph and Daredevil the Director's Cut. And you are? Mine are not, not usually in vain with my me usually, but for some reason I thought of Frozen and I'd have no idea why except for the little sister, big sister thing and, you know... There's like a dynamic going on there. And then I just thought of the song, of course. Do you want to build a snowman? It doesn't have to be a snowman. That's how I hear it, because it's so sad. <laughs> I have to see that again. We've only watched it once. I watched it twice because I watched the commentary. Right, it. and I need to watch it again. Because also another movie, I don't quite understand the the entire globe being so in love with it, but... That's just me. And my other one is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Original. With. Forget that Tim Burton one ever happened. Don't forget it. It's a, it's a piece of art that you gotta accept that is out there. Just like a bad painting. If you don't like it, it doesn't make it bad. It is what it is. But yeah. Charlie and Chocolate Factory originally. Because that's also kind of a weird one that skirts between being a kid thing. Even that one has scary weird Is it weird called stuff. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in the Here States? Here it's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Right, yeah. It's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the original book. So in the UK it was called that Willy right, Wonka. Right, and here it was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Um, or I think just Willy Wonka, maybe. No. It's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. With Gene. Wilder. Yes. I was going to say Simmons, but that would be a different movie. <laughs> Very different movie. So it's got that thing of like, it's entertaining. You think it's entertaining for kids, but think about it. As a kid, you were mesmerized and stuff, but it's like Wizard of Oz as well. There's this element of it's adult. It's adults making a thing for kids. It's not Actually, really skirting in on the kid level. Think of it with Gene Simmons instead of Gene Wilder. <laughs> Hold on. The lickable wallpaper would have a whole new meaning, wouldn't it? Why? Because Gene Simmons is famous for his very long tongue that he licks at the crowd. Oh, Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons. You knew what I was thinking you were thinking, talking no. about? <laughs> J.K. Simmons. No. <laughs> no. Jason. Uh, rocking to the oldies. <laughs> oh, that, the Richard looking guy. Yeah. Richard Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now we have, yeah, that's we even, have Gene Simmons that's version funny. and mm-hmm. the Richard Simmons version. I'm like, what is the licking... Wa- Calories? Is that what you mean? <laughs> Richard Simmons would be like, don't lick the little wallpaper, it's too many calories. The schnozberries taste like schnozberries. <laughs> you would say. <laughs> anyway. That was funny. Um, so yeah, that is uh, our recommendations for this week. Games and Ace Scully stuff. We only did a podcast about two days ago because uh, time, the Time Space podcast continued. <laughs> so I haven't played many games since then. But I have played Rogue Legacy. It's this month's um, PlayStation Plus game. You actually saw it, watched me play in it the other day. It's uh, 8-bit, or is it 16-bit? <laughs> Old retro-style, side-scrolling, roguelike game. If you know what a roguelike game is, what a roguelike game is, is um, they're designed, so you play them over and over and over and over, and just one more go, just one more go, just one more go. And there's always a reason to have another go because you become more powerful every single time you play it. Like So 
eventually you become so powerful you can just overpower the whole game and that's the end game of it and what road legacy is it's like the old, like an old castlevania game if you remember those where you just a side scrolling you're this knight with a sword and you have to get through the castle and there's enemies and there's gold to collect and every bit of gold you collect you buy a new upgrade when you die but the big hook on this one is when you die your next hero that you make is built from the genes of your last hero. I like that. So every hero is unique. And when you think, well, how does that affect gameplay? Well, say the new hero you create is short-sighted. Everything is blurry in the distance and you can only see close up. Or maybe he's got OCD. Now... The one who's got OCD in particular, he can't walk past anything without smashing it and looking at it. He has to... You smash things like chandeliers and stuff to get money. Well, you you have to smash everything if you're the OCD guy. There's also, like, the far-sighted guy where everything's blurry in the distance. Right. You know, and there's... What else is there? There's, um, there's lots of different things. There's... Giganticism and yeah. little... little... Littleness. Yeah, clumsiness, wh- where you just break everything that you walk past. It just breaks like it. ADHD. Yeah, where he goes really fast. <laughs> Laziness. Nobody, nobody's safe. Really slow. <laughs> yeah, and everybody's got a default of some kind. One guy's default, uh, one guy's thing was he's upside down the entire time. I don't know what that was, but he has to be upside down all the time. There's one who can't see any colors at all, so the whole thing's in black and white. There's one where the whole thing is in darkness apart from right round, right around you. It's some myopia or something. They've all got something wrong with them. So it makes it really fun each time because it's always a different thing. Uh, and it's free at the moment if you are a PlayStation Plus subscriber. It's the Actually, it's really cool because it runs on the PS4, the PS3, and the Vita. And the saves share across them. So you can play on any of those systems and it always picks up the latest save. Uh, and the other thing is... Um, do you remember This Is England, the TV show? Yes. The movie. It's first a movie, This Is England. Then it was a TV show. And then it was another TV show. And now there's going to be a third season of the TV show. And it's going to be called This Is England 90. It just finished filming, actually, a couple of weeks ago. And it's going to air this year on Channel 4. Later this year, he said. Um, it's a fantastic... If you get the chance to see it, the movie and the two series... It's one of those instances where I think the TV series is better than the movie because they've got more time to like elaborate on the characters. Did we see the movie? Yeah, the movie was, we watched the movie first. Um, they feel similar because they're filmed the same and, but, um, the, the movie was the one with the kind kid. of, with the, the guy. Kid. With, yeah. He with was the a kid, kid then, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, now we're moving on to 1990. It's a fantastic show. It's, um, it's dark. Yeah, really dark. Because England was going through a very post, well, punk, and then post-punk, and Thatcher, and Falklands, and, like, it's a really, really tough time. And it's following this bunch of punk kids, basically. Punks yeah. and mods. Yeah. Like, um, but now it's moving into 1990 when the rave culture starts, and that's kind of where all these punk-slash-mod kids ended up becoming ravers in that, at that time, so... I can't wait to see it because it was fantastic that last series. It's so 
It's so dark. It it's, is dark. There are times when even you know there are the music in that one. Thing. Yeah, you still get whenever it out I hear there's a piece of music that don't plays. tell what it's about. No, though. but it plays during a dark scene, and they played it on the X Factor or something, and I was like, holy crap, I can't hear this music anymore <laughs> without seeing what happened. Um, it's hard to see if you're in the states um, for some reason. It's not on Netflix. The movie is, but not the TV series. If you want to see the TV series, you either have to, um, uh, you yeah. know, yeah, do the do the naughty. Yeah. Do, Don't tell them why. Do the naughty thing. Oh, you have to go to Amazon.co.uk and you can you can actually um, buy the DVDs there of the first two seasons. Um, unfortunately, they're not region free, so when you do get them in the states, you have to put them in your computer and rip them anyway. So. Uh, yeah, it's really difficult to see them here, but um, if you're in England, you've probably already seen just it. just recommended something that most people will probably never be able to see. <laughs> yeah, but if you get the chance, see it. It's fantastic. And the new season, I can't wait for it. Um, so what's for dinner tonight, Sita? Well, I was going to cook the tofu that I've been marinating, but I think I'll do that tomorrow after work. Tonight we're going to have those Seoul Cuisine Burgers, because I didn't have one yesterday. And they're excellent. They're quite good. That's the brand. They're... Gluten-free, vegan, blah, blah, blah. They are soy, so if, you know, you don't like soy. I don't have a problem with soy, I don't think. I don't. Some people do. I don't. And they were quite good. I take one little tiny bite, and it reminded me of the cheap, very highly filled beef burgers. Beef, quote-unquote. It tastes like another one we've had, but I can't remember which one it is. A veggie one or a burger burger? Because we had we had no, burgers before that taste a lot like this. They're just so super filled with also soy. So if you buy cheap hamburgers, like frozen patties, if you've never looked at the ingredients, you're probably going to find soy and filler and grains and onions and tomatoes and all kinds of other stuff. Why? Because the beef, wouldn't it, they need to stretch it out. So mm-hmm. that's what they taste like to me, which is quite good. That, some potato, I think, and just some peas. I made some gluten-free cookies yesterday that were Betty Crocker gluten-free cookie mix in a box. It's too expensive, but they're pretty good. They're very super crumbly, as if you've made homemade sugar cookies. Yeah, they just like, like sugar super cookies. crumbly. Don't know if that's the way they're supposed to be, but um, I didn't use butter. I just used regular Crisco butter-flavored stuff instead because didn't want to use the butter. But um, they're quite good. So that's what we're having. And your advice is before we leave? My advice is. Back to the theme of kids just being people. And if you think about it, I get a lot of shit on my Facebook page a lot of times for people say, oh, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for this, I'm praying for that. Somebody dies and I'm like, we're praying for you and God has a plan and all this shit. No offense to you if that's what you believe in, but it gets really annoying. Not that, because that's fine. If that's what gets you through and that's what helps the person who's actually in pain or suffering, no problem. The problem comes when, if I post something like, I have faith in the doctors, I have confidence in you and your family to stick together and follow the, whatever, the guidelines, and that you're strong, and that you're going to do what it takes to get done, and then whatever happens, you'll be able to deal with it. I don't mention God a lot of times, I don't mention don't pray, I don't mention anything, I just say that, without the praying part, and then people will comment after that, because they know what I'm saying. Right. Well said. I'm praying. And they put it in all capital letters. I'm praying for you, Sid. I'm praying for you. 
like kind of the, like oh shit. And I think I'm not really posting to annoy you because I don't give a shit what you think. I actually don't. I couldn't care less if I go back to my hometown and three quarters of the people look at me driving down the street and they're like, oh, there's Sid. She's that person who doesn't want us to pray. I don't give a shit. I couldn't care any less about you or your feelings or anything else. What I care about is that if in your house, in your family, maybe in your classroom or in your church, your little church group that you go to or your Sunday school class that you teach, there might be a young person who's actually not in line with all of that. Hmm. Maybe your son or your daughter or your niece or your nephew or your younger brother or somebody who's thinking to themselves as they listen to all the preaching and listen to you talk about the Bible and say you're praying for everybody. And they're starting to examine it themselves as a human being on their own for their own life. And they don't necessarily see it the way you do. They don't believe it the way you believe it. Now, a lot of people, and I've seen it with my own eyes with politics in a family, a 10-year-old boy saying he was going to vote for the for Clinton. Mm-hmm. I was a nanny at the time. And the stepfather ran at him, grabbed him by the chest, picked him up, shoved him against the refrigerator, and said, by God, you will be Republican this goddamn house, and that's the way it's going to be. And he wasn't joking. And the little boy was like, it, I thought, in this moment, <laughs> that kid is either going to be like, you know what, fuck you. I will think for myself, and then he'll go on and think for himself, or he will crawl into himself and then just be bullied into either pretending to agree or actually agreeing because of the fear of not being like everybody else in the fucking house, right? This really annoys me. Because if you have a teenager, particularly, who says, Mom, I want to go vegetarian. I don't like people eating animals. I want to try it. And if everybody in the household is like, ah, ha, ha, stupid vegetarian, stupid fucking hippies, no, 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 you're not going vegetarian in this house. Well, you've just decided for that person, that human being, a whole view of how they can see the world. Mm. You're trying to put them in a little box, your box, that I'm not even convinced you know why you think what you think. Because you've never looked outside of it, right? And if you are oppressing someone, or you're intimidating someone, or you're bullying someone, even not directly, they just understand that if I say one time, I'm a a 16-year-old girl, and I've gone to church my whole life, and I always go to everybody's little, you know, baptism and blah, 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 and I've stood up and said I take Jesus as my Savior and all that, but I actually don't know what I think. And I want to read more books and I want to listen to more things and I want to talk to more people about it. But I don't dare mention it. If I mention it, I'm going to get coerced. I'm going to get cried over and prayed over and they're going to tell me I'm wrong and they're right and that's it. And you've just cut off that human being's entire choice in life to get past your brick wall of belief and ideas. And while I might not agree with my nieces and nephews and their views of things, it doesn't reflect on me or their parents that they don't agree with their parents. I think that's what a lot of parents think. Oh, my kid says they're an atheist and they're in small school and the parents are going to think I'm a terrible parent. You know what? Get over yourself. Fuck off. I mean, seriously, if you think that your kid having a mind of their own 
And I'm not talking about a kid who says, hey, I'm going to go, you know, smoke crack every day and kill hookers in hotel rooms. Like, and that's my freedom and don't get on my case about it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about ideas. That's a pretty extreme challenge. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be some. <laughs> I'm just saying, ideas are not for you to control in someone else. I don't care who they are. I don't care why you think you're doing it, what good you think you're doing, because your belief, for example, that there is one God and Jesus is a savior and there's a heaven and blah, blah, blah. That's fine. But that's yours. You share it with quite a few people. But you know what? You don't even share it with the whole human race. You share it with less than a third of the human race. And a third of those people don't even know all the details about it. They don't even read the Bible. They don't even understand it fully. They just kind of go along to get along. So you're talking about less than a sixth of the human population trying to decide for everybody else, including the people in their own house, in their own family. And I just, it really riles me up. I think that my parents, they're not perfect, obviously, by not to me, my siblings might say something different. They didn't instill in me any one thing ever. You know, I mean, there was mention of politics, but it was always brief or finances, how to do your finances, how to plan your life, how to be ambitious or motivated or what kind of career to have or what to believe religiously. None of that was like, this is what you're going to do. And that's just the way it is. Now you could tell there's disapproval or disagreement. You know, my dad has, I don't even know what he thinks people should be sometimes. It's very weird. Um, if you make too much money, he thinks you're a thief and an, and an asshole. And if you're too poor, then he thinks you're a loser. So I think there's really no winning there. But there was no, this is what you're going to do. You're going to be. You're going to college and you're going to be a teacher or you're going to be a financial or you're going to be a football player. It doesn't none of that. And I give them credit for that. It might be because they were just so wrapped up in their own dysfunctional marriage. But... I came out of it with this, like, a zoomed out view of everybody and looking at all the different things and be able to decide for myself. And I think that when you take that away from somebody, why even bring that person into the world? Why try to be an influence on somebody in a positive way if all you want to do is stuff them in a little can like those snakes in a can and screw the lid on and then bolt it down. And so that the whole time they're crammed in there, all they want to do is bust out, but they never can because of you, because of an idea that you think is right. And I think that's shitty. <laughs> so I don't know if that's advice, but like stand back a little bit. If you feel like someone you love that's younger, particularly young people are having a different view of the world, it doesn't mean you can't talk about it. It doesn't mean you can't tell them, look, this is actually what I think. And this is why I think it. What do you think? How can we figure this out together? I don't think that's too much to ask. So good advice. Good <sighs> oh, life advice. It gets me so riled up because I think it's like one of the worst possible things you can do to people. Is take away their freedom of thought. It's you will like, never take away my freedom. Yeah, I mean, if you lock somebody in a box, at least that person can sit there and think about sitting on a beach and think about being free, right? I'm not saying lock people in a box. I'm saying physically is one thing. But when you actually try to lock down their mind because you're so full of yourself, it's really perverse. Like, ugh, you know? Ugh. So there you go. So let me... Um, <laughs> Don't lock people in a mental box. Let me lock you into the box of going looking at our websites, acegully.com, sitsa.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. 
You can catch this podcast on Stitcher.com. Go to Stitcher.com, search for After the Show. Catch it on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, the RSS feed. Just go to Ascoli.com, click on the word podcast. Email feedback to Ascoli at Ascoli.com. Don't email Sid Tosh, he doesn't care. And stay classy, Mr. Steve Carell and Miss Jennifer Garner. Mrs. Jennifer Garner. Is she Jennifer Garner or Jennifer Affleck? Jennifer Garner still. Jennifer Garner. Um, I'm sure on her marriage license it says Jennifer Affleck, but... And I'm going to say, I did, you didn't know this, but I'm drinking wine out of my coffee cup, my mobile coffee cup that my niece gave me that's shaped like a camera lens, which I'm sure most people have seen on their Facebook pages the last couple of months. Yeah, and I like love a, it. Looks like a DSLR lens from a Canon camera. And I've had, I had three young teenage girls. I was at the debate tournament, you know, judging last week. And um, three different teenage girls over the course of the time were like, oh! <gasps> Is that one of those cups that's like a... I mean, it's kind of obvious question, but is that one of those cups that's like a camera lens? That is so cool. I liked Billy Bob Thornton's cup in The Judge. His little um, retractable cup that he gets oh, yeah. out. I <laughs> wasn't Billy... Oh, yeah, yeah, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you only watched that three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it's too much wine in my cup. That's the problem. I'm going to say... Did you say your thing? I did. Who's staying classy? I only classy? said that about 30 seconds ago. Who's staying classy? Those two, Jennifer Gardner and <laughs> Steve Carell. And I'm going to say, <laughs> think for yourself, or someone else will obviously do it for you. Bye.